Hey, hi, it's JP with Rue de la Rue Swanzor again here to upend the water dish of doggish history and lore, myth and legend. Spill it all over the floor in the service of the dogs of the chase in exile in the great project. By order of the great high and humble dogger, may he rest in peace. It's episode 10, Rue de la Rue Swanzor. Thanks for listening to Rue's Doggerland Tales. I should tell you some more about my friend Rue, even though she insists that she's personally, personally not important. It doesn't embarrass her exactly to be the subject of the story. It just sort of offends her modesty. I'm no hierophant. I'm just one of the dogs, many dogs, she says, who could have told people this history. But I've met my share of storytellers, a novelist or two even, read and listened hard to interviews with them, and it's plain to me, and I'd say anyone else who's considered the question with any care, that it matters who is doing the telling. A brown dog is not a Dalmatian, a Dalmatian is not a, tu- a pug, a Great Dane is no schnauzer, Charles Dickens is no Martin Amos, and a dog who has grown to its adulthood in a house with soft blankets long ambles in sunny, shady forests and shady, sunny meadows and toast from the hand of a loving friend doesn't tell the same story as a hound who lives in a kennel with six other hounds who are all only fed dry kibble, who are each other's companions, who obsess about howling after raccoons, who sleep in a pile when it's cold. It's all about perspective, right? So this is a conversation I keep having with Rue de la Rue Swanzor, how much you need to know about her, which details, why, and when I push a little, she pushes back and asks, well, what about you, then? Your circumstances have no influence? To which I respond with perfect fairness, I'm just the translator, which I am. I know I'm being disingenuous. Another time, maybe, I'll talk about why I believe my attitude is necessary. So here are some... Rue de la Rue Swans or Basics. She's a medium-sized dog of about 40 pounds, who's part standard poodle and part Australian shepherd. Some people call that an Aussie doodle. We just call that a mutt. Her tail is short. Her chocolate brown and auburn fur is frosted now at the human age of about two and a half with gray on her back and head. This deep brown makes her difficult to photograph effectively because it camouflages her eyes, which are also brown. Often enough, too, her hair closes her in like a shaggy curtain, which to me, anyway, gives her the look of some kind of haunted mystic or Karl Marx, either one. Somebody once suggested I call her Rabbi. Some dude on the street, honestly. Sometimes I study her, stretched out at the bottom of my stair, silent, motionless, gazing at who knows what, who knows where, adrift on rivers of scent, possibly, and I say something flippant to her, like, Oh, brown seer, what mysteries are you contemplating? She's like the repository of literally millions of years of canine wisdom, back beyond borophagy. So, you know... I should probably show a little more respect. She just says, I'm brooding on food. Where's the cheese? (coughs) Excuse me. 
yeah, she's just like a regular dog most of the time, and she doesn't really expect anything special from me as far as food or other comforts go. Like, Rue Swanzor, despite her fancy name, doesn't care for champagne and caviar. Her retinue is ad hoc and temporary. She doesn't want a fancy collar with sapphires and rubies or a deep feather bed covered with silk pillows and down blankets, or even much more than a friendly pet and a chance to be out in the world exploring a couple times a day. I love to ramble on about Rue. I love her. I love you, Rue. Rue! Rue! So, here are just a couple more thoughts I believe are relevant to her role in The Great Project. She's part Australian Shepherd, like I said, and since I don't have a big herd of sheep, or even a small herd of kangaroos, or even a single platypus, there's only me and the rest of my family to keep together, which, for a bunch of reasons, mainly amounts to bringing me back alive from wherever we've gone. Does she nip at my metaphorical heels? In more more ways than one. Bark and snarl? If I don't turn around? Oh, yeah. Maybe, also, I'm like a sheep. Too dumb to perceive the gestures she uses to subtly edge me through gates into pastures, the palings of which are hidden to me, or anyway, only dimly suggested. I suppose if I carry the metaphor to its natural end, I'm making wool, or milk, or rib bones, maybe. The poodle side? Who knows? Another working dog, right? Retrievers of birds whose name comes from the German for splash. When I see pictures of the French barbet, I'm sure she must be one of those. She looks so perfectly like the photos online. Strong swimmer, indefatigable penetrator of thickets, collector of burrs, a dog who's supposed to help you finish what you start, is how I read it. You might not be a hunter. You probably aren't. I'm not. But hear me out. You and your dogs, or you and your dog, are concealed in some marsh somewhere. It's wet. You have waders on up to your chest, a camel coat and hat. Some ducks finally fly over you close enough to shoot, so you shoot, and you hit one, and it falls, so you send your faithful dogger to fetch it, and she swims, runs, sniffs, picks it up in her mouth, and proudly rushes back to you and hands it over, and the hunt is complete, insofar as that particular bird is concerned. The finisher because the tactics, the marksmanship practice, the gathering of resources, the vigilant watching, the swing of the gun and the bang. You did all that. Her job is to bring it on home, as they say. Rue thinks I read too much into this. If only she knew my temptation. Rue! Here's the other bit. As much as we talk about kennel clubs and folks breeding dogs for certain kinds of jobs, killing rats, warming laps, pulling carts, chasing game. We should remember dogs have been making choices about breeding themselves forever. Our little efforts, even if we're more generous with estimations of their duration, even if we say people started encouraging certain characteristics 25,000 years ago, well, the chase has been at it, since before people decided to before they decided to give the moon a name since before you could recognize a track as human what's my point the chase 
has long since mastered aspects of canine genetics that haven't occurred to us, in part because we only see them as beasts. The invisible parts of dogs, the organs that don't show up on the film, that don't appear highlighted in red or green, no matter the imaging system or where we focus the beam, those are the interesting bits. They make Rue what she is, way more than what she seems to us to be. You could say, if you wanted to talk about it to somebody, that there's the new breeding and the old, the human being, the I'm sorry, the human breeding and the chases, or even late body breeding, which is comparatively shallow, and to do primarily with things like general body shape, musculature, and so on, versus deep breeding, which encompasses the attributes I mentioned a second ago, known only to and understood only by the chase. So yeah, Rue de la Rue Swanzor is part Australian Shepherd, part Poodle. Know what I mean? I hope I cleared that up. Roe and Irv, their names are synonyms for thoughtless destruction. A dog might use Roe and Irv as a verb, for instance, as in, if you keep running around like that, I'm afraid you're going to row and Irv the floors. Or, you look like you've committed a real row and Irv. When are you going to start take? When are you going to start taking care of yourself? What's the moral? I don't know. Be careful what you chew. Or if you don't want to share something, you should probably ask yourself why. The story also goes, though, that those brothers both lived longer than most other dogs of the time, chased harder, sang more sweetly, achieved successes in the worldly business of Doggerland that marked them for many years as worthy of reverent remembrance. So, you know, sometimes I think we should address our thoughts and desires to the universe like this. Oh, great, equivocal, you have made deep shallow and shallow deep, who maketh yes, no, and no yes, all at once, who loves and despises the world, and so on, if you get me. Do you get me? They got in serious trouble with the big noses, Rowan Earth did, when they returned from their rainy day underground adventure. Why and some others had been suspicious already, and why was furious. They had skulked away and disappeared for almost a whole day. She sat them down on the same rock and her cha- in her chambers and invited Murr to join them. Murr is a name that recurs frequently in Rue de la Rue Swanzor's histories. It's a syllable that accumulates notoriety of every sort over the centuries and millennia and power along with it. I haven't talked about this yet, but the dogs of the chase believe in this idea I'll just translate as return. It's a complicated idea, but basically the same individuals come back to the chase. They're born again, maybe reborn is a better word, into new fur and sticks with sometimes ancient personalities and knowledge intact. So anyway, Murr, a shrewd, hulking dog whose name had carried an aura of canine majesty for generations, watched from the shadows while Y paced angrily and snarled. 
Where were you? she demanded. Roe lied. I followed Geese West through two rivers. Why knocked him over and bit him on the face as she held him down. Don't lie to me, little dog, she said over his terrified cry. Earth whined and cringed in sympathy. He thought about running but didn't dare. You know better, Earth. Don't move. Why noticed the muscles in Earth's shoulders harden. Flee me again and you'll rue it. All I know is where I was, Earth answered. Do you want me to tell you? Why released Roe. I'm sure you were together, she said. For a while we were, you're right. What we didn't tell you last time is about the animals we never saw before, who we saw down in the caves after the lions took off. Earth told Why about meeting a clan of people. He said he and his brother had watched them hunt, had eaten cooked pieces of animal flesh the people had thrown to them. He made up an adventure that featured himself and Roe driving a deer toward men with spears and talked about having watched them make the weapons by firelight. He made it all up based on stories he'd been told by other dogs who knew, some of them, a little of the history of the chase's cooperation with humans. Maybe Murr helped him along with the telling. Rue seems to think so. The truth was that any band of homo anything would have been discovered by the chase's sentries long before Roe and Earth had any chance of finding them. Many generations had passed since Doggerland had last hosted any, mainly due to the frigid climate that had reigned there, high glaciers and all, for at least a thousand years. Other dogs in other places, dogs of other fleeting chases who lived where two-sticked folk were more plentiful and more comfortable, made more stories of dogs and people from that time, most of which have been lost in the rumble and churn of ages. Why and Murr knew Earth was lying, but his lie was, Rue says, such an inspired one, so unexpected and so artfully and brazenly told, so admired by a wise, silent guest that privately the big noses laughed and celebrated the pup's cheek. A plan was always evolving within the circles of the noses concerning how best to exploit the capabilities of the latest, greatest apes. That Earth had begun to incorporate some of the possibilities into his story signified maturity and imagination well beyond the pup's years. And, of course, nobody even suspected the leak in the foundation of Doggerland, so really this was all just a matter of everyday puppy mischief. But the noses sounded grave when they told Roe and Earth their judgment. The pulling they were assigned for a number of days as punishment made their jaws ache and made them sleep hard, gave them their first real reasons to complain. It also made them stockier, stronger, more durable dogs with the stamina and will of adult dogs. That's episode 10, by order of the great high and humble dogger. Rue reminds you to find the history, myths, tales, and legends of the chase in exile and of the chase in Doggerland on RueTube and on the Book That It Beats People YouTube channel. On the great project of the Dogs of the Chase in Exile Facebook page and on the Book That Eats People's Facebook page and everywhere podcasts are cast. Rate, review, follow, subscribe on, let's see, Apple Podcast, 
Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public. I'm on Patreon, John Perry, and for pity's sake, uh, Jay Perry at Chase Dog Project on Twitter. Remember to help if you can with our fund to raise Doggerland. Definitely chip into the Toast and Tea Kitty in celebration of the cuisine of the Dogs of the Chase. Get in touch however you can. We'd love to hear from you, and thanks for listening. Puppies the way. Ah, oh.